Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, on this Monday, Wednesday, and Friday Steelers journey with you. It is Friday. Congratulations. We made it. Made it to another weekend. And sometimes in the offseason, these these weekends, they, these weeks, I should say, they, they seem to last forever. Nonetheless, we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk quarterbacks in a little bit of a different light here. We have the All Bets Are Off segment coming up in the second half of the show. And obviously, always stay till the end, to the heart to heart, at the very end of the show. But let's talk about some news before we get into the nuts and bolts of this podcast. The big news is that the Pittsburgh Steelers have made some coaching staff changes. Not so much anyone was removed. Some were retained. New titles, new names. This is interesting in a lot of ways. So first and foremost, Mike Sullivan, former quarterbacks coach. He was the play caller after Matt Canada was fired last season. He was kind of in limbo. He had people like Jerry Dulac saying that the Steelers wanted to keep him on board. But in what capacity? They already hired another quarterbacks coach. You're not going to have two quarterbacks coaches. Clearly, the Steelers wanted to keep him around. They maybe be like a bridge with the players from one offensive scheme to the next. He would have a good understanding of what's expected and what to expect for Arthur Smith in this new scheme. Mike Sullivan is the senior offensive assistant. The senior offensive assistant is his official title. Now, on top of that, Matt Baker and Mateo, I, I can't pronounce the last name, it's Kami said, uh, are offensive assistants, just general. So I didn't really look at this, but Dave Schofield did, and he wrote the article for SteelCurtainNetwork.com, and he wrote how the Steelers' coaching staff right now is unbelievably lopsided from offense to defense, meaning that there are 10 offensive coaches to six on defense. Yeah, I'll say that again. 10 offensive coaches to just six on defense. That's incredible to me. And so when I looked at this, like, wow, 10 to six. So the coaching staff, I don't think they're done bringing in coaches. You just have to wonder, like, what are they waiting for? You know, this isn't one of those situations where you're waiting for the Super Bowl to be done. You're waiting for the playoffs to end or anything like that. These coaches are out there. The Steelers, maybe they're not going to bring them in. I don't know. Seems odd to have 10 to six ratio offense to defense. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. They did hire like another strength and conditioning coordinator and some other little minutia things in in of itself. I will say, though, that I am happy to see these changes on the offensive side of the ball. I thought Mike Sullivan did a good job with play calling last year. I think that he and Eddie Faulkner will have a, 
a lot of insight for Arthur Smith when it comes to the new offensive coordinator, the new offensive scheme. Uh, I like that they're bringing in more assistance. That's fine. I'm all on board with this stuff just to see what the defensive staff looks like by the time we're getting ready to kick off our training camp. All right, I wanted to talk about quarterbacks today. I led the show off with that, teasing that a little bit. We've talked a lot about quarterbacks this week. Myself and Brian Davis did a whole breaking news podcast earlier this week that ran on Tuesday all about how the Steelers are not interested in someone like Justin Fields or Kirk Cousins because it just doesn't fit. And then on Wednesday, I brought up the quarterback position when I talked about how the demise of the 2024 Steelers is highly overrated. And I said... The offensive line is going to be important because if it's good, that's going to mean a good running game. It's going to be in good pass protection. And that means that even an average to above average quarterback can succeed. So here I was sitting here thinking about this topic. And I got to wondering about that above average or average tag. And I just thought, okay, we talked about this on Wednesday's show. Yes, you can win a lot of games, but can they win it all? Can an average quarterback get you a title? That's a that's an interesting question to try and answer. So can they win you a Super Bowl? We all know Steelers fans, they gauge success by one thing and one thing only, Super Bowl trophies. That's it. And that doesn't mean that fans have only been happy six times in their lives if they've been old enough, been around for that long. It just means that they, they don't feel like this past season is a great example. They don't feel like making the playoffs, even though they won 10 games. They get into the wild card and they lose to Buffalo, and it wasn't really that close. It, at times it was. I don't want to say it wasn't close. The final score wasn't close, but it was close at times. But still, I think a lot of people are like, that's not enough. The Steelers just making the playoffs. Like This is, this is Pittsburgh. This isn't Cleveland. This isn't a, a team like Jacksonville that's just trying to get into the dance. They want to win some games. They want to do some damage. So can an above-average quarterback get you to the ultimate dance and win you a Super Bowl? Now, the thing for me is you look at everyone knows always, now they're pointing at Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's gotten to the NFC Championship game last year as a rookie, and then he tore up his elbow, and they, they lost. Philadelphia goes into the Super Bowl as the NFC representative. And this year, Purdy gets him over that hump and gets him to the Super Bowl. Doesn't win it, though. So... Everyone says this is a system guy. You get a good system guy and a good system, they could do they could do it. They could get you all the way there. Now, I, I do want to preface what I'm about to say with some things that are, are really important for me to say. There are glaring needs on this roster. And in more than just quarterback. We've talked about that on this podcast, on other podcasts on our network. There have been a million different people that have talked about the needs on the roster. But there's also been a ton of talk about the Steelers quarterback room both for me, other podcasters, and other podcasts in general. And that that quarterback position looms large with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and how they handle that looms large. It doesn't mean that there are no other needs on the roster. There are. But my gosh, that one is like the elephant in the room, except the elephant in the room, everyone's talking about it. No one is just trying to move on with their lives. Everyone is talking about it. So what I decided to do, and this might be hasty at best, I went back and looked at Super Bowl winning quarterbacks since 2000. Since 2000, I went back and looked at Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, and I thought to myself, and I'm looking at the list, how many of these quarterbacks could be considered game managers or average to above average? Because everyone is now saying, if you don't have one of those guys, let's talk AFC, an Aaron Rodgers, a Joe Burrow, a, a 
a Josh Allen, a, obviously a Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. You know where I'm going with this. If you don't have one of those guys, then you're going to be playing for second place at the best. So I went back and looked at the Super Bowl champions. Since 2000, I found four. And some might say that, that some of these are a stretch to even have them on the list. So you go back to 2000. 2000 is obviously when the Baltimore Ravens beat the New York Giants. Trent Dilfer was the quarterback of that team, and he kind of epitomizes that, you know, even Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, and that Ravens defense was legit. And they won that Super Bowl. That defense was so good, they literally won them, got them there, and won it for them. You look at 2002, Brad Johnson and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, great defense. Mike Tomlin speaks about that defense a lot. Why he was on the coaching staff. And when you talk about Brad Johnson in 2002, you know, they beat the Oakland Raiders and Rich Gannon. Then you go to 2012, and you've got Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco and the Ravens winning it again over the San Francisco 49ers. That was the game where the lights went out. I think it was down in the, the Superdome, down in New Orleans. And Joe Flacco, for all the crap that I've given him and all the Steelers fans have given him, that playoff run by Joe Flacco was amazing. That playoff run was awesome. He played some tremendous football down the stretch. So Joe Flacco in that playoffs, he was not a game manager. He was not just handing the ball off, hoping for the best. He was slinging the ball around and got himself a big, big contract with the Baltimore Ravens. And then the last one, Nick Foles in 2017, the Philadelphia Eagles shocking the world, beating the New England Patriots in 2017. And Nick Foles, people forget, he was a backup. And Carson Wentz goes down. He comes in. He rallies the troops, the Philly special. We all know how that plays out. That was it. Those four quarterbacks, that was it. So let's go back. I want to read you the Super Bowl winning quarterback since 2000. Quickly. Trent Dilfer, Tom Brady, Brad Johnson, Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Nick Foles, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. So what do we learn from this? We learn that while we like to say things like, well, look at Brock Purdy, and he almost got the 49ers a Super Bowl win, and he's a system guy, and he's not anything special. He's not a super freak like some of these quarterbacks I just listed. Well, guess what? There's there's all that list that I just named. We're talking about elite quarterbacks that I just named. And, and people might say, well, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson made it to two Super Bowls. Probably should have won two Super Bowls. People say Matthew Stafford. It's not his fault that he played for a bad organization for the majority of his career, and when he went to L.A., he got one. He got a ring. That dude's an elite quarterback. People will say, you know, they might say even things about uh, Eli Manning. Eli Manning won two. Drew Brees only won one. Aaron Rodgers only won one. I guess the question now that we have to ask is that when you look at the Steelers quarterbacks, if they're just going to be an average, could they win you a lot of games? Yeah. They could win you a lot of games. Could they get you to the playoffs? Absolutely, they could get you to the playoffs. Could they make a deep run? You'd have to have a special defense like that 2000 Ravens defense, and you'd have to have some help, and you'd have to have some play like Joe Flacco playing out of his mind down the stretch. And, and right now, there's, there's no way I can answer that question. Why? There's only one quarterback on the roster. 
Kenny Pickett is the only quarterback on the Steelers roster. I've said this a million times. Everyone speaks like Mason Rudolph is on the roster. I, I think I saw an article. It was a, a report about how there's a divided organization with who wants Kenny and who wants Mason. And I even quote tweeted this on Twitter and said, this reads as if Mason Rudolph has signed an under contract. He's not. They might want him. We know that they want him back on the roster. But if I'm Mason Rudolph, I'm I'm definitely testing these waters. My stock is super high right now, and I want to see what I can get. Maybe the best I can get is in Pittsburgh in terms of an opportunity to play as well as an opportunity to make some money. But ultimately, if there's someone out there, and Chris Carter brought this up on Monday, when Matt Flynn, who backed up Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, came in when Aaron Rodgers got hurt, had a great stint of game. Seattle pays him a crap ton of money. And then Russell Wilson comes in and beats him out, and he ends up being a, a, a career backup. I always call that guy my financial hero. He got paid handsomely to be a backup quarterback, hold a clipboard. So I just think that with the Steelers, we can't answer this question right now. We can try and look ahead and say, well, what if they did this in free agency? What if they did this in the draft? What if they do this? Kenny Pickett's the only one that we can actually evaluate because he's the only quarterback under contract right now. But unfortunately, for those people out there that think maybe an average to above average quarterback is good enough to get you over that hump and get you to a Super Bowl title, Super Bowl history in the last two decades plus disagrees, wholeheartedly disagrees. That history shows you that you need a, a, a big-name guy. You need a big-name guy. You look at some of those, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. We're talking the multiple winning, Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. We'll see. We'll see if it happens. I just found that was interesting to go back and look at the history of uh, the, the quarterbacks that have won Super Bowl since 2000. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back after this break, I'm going to have Jeremy Jerome Betts on the All Bets Are Off segment. And stay tuned to the very end for a special special heart to heart. We'll be right back. All right, Steeler fans. Time for the all bets are off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jeremy? How's it going? It's going pretty good, Jeff. I am excited to talk some Steelers offseason with you. And uh, there's a That's lot right. going on, a lot coming up, yeah. and a lot to a lot to cover. Absolutely. I wanted to bring this up for those that are listening to this, unless it's early in the morning on Friday at 9:30. Jeremy has a really great story. It's going to run at steelcurtainnetwork.com. And it was one that could probably I don't want to say ruffle feathers, but could definitely cause some conversation based on what he was saying. So Jeremy, I want to give you a chance to kind of preface your story, talk yeah. about what's coming up and your thoughts behind that. So go ahead and do that now. Yeah. So just kind of a, a reaction story to the news that you and, and Brian broke and then was kind of uh, corroborated by Jerry Dulac as well. And some other sources that have maybe not sources, but some other people who have inside yeah. knowledge of what's going on inside the Steelers building. And it was a, a reaction to the fact that the Steelers are, are likely not in pursuit of a guy like Kirk cousins or a guy like Justin Fields uh, to make a big splash on a guy who would want to come in and be the unquestioned starter in Pittsburgh. 
And while I don't necessarily disagree with the with the idea that you should give Kenny Pickett another chance and that your maybe your best option is to bring in competition for him, I do kind of have an issue, and this is the premise of the article, with the fact that it's not even a consideration if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's that's where I come across with the news is that they're not even looking at upgrading the quarterback position in a meaningful way in 2024, despite saying uh, numerous people saying inside the building uh, at the top of topmost levels that they believe that they are good quarterback play away from having and fielding a championship level roster. And to me, when you make that statement, it presents the, or it opens up the, the possibility that you have had a change in your philosophy and how you're going to attack the quarterback position. And the Steelers instead are just kind of sticking to their guns. We're going to draft and develop. We're not going to make splashy moves at the quarterback position. That's not our style. And so we're not going to do that. And so when you totally shelve one option and leave yourself with the way we've always done things, I think that that could sit uh, in a negative way in the craw of Steeler nation. And it does to me a little bit as well, because it just feels like there's no outside the box thinking. And the very reasons why many people were calling for maybe it's time for a change at head coach. Maybe it's time for, you know, Art Rooney to, uh, some people even saying Art Rooney to hand over operations of the team to somebody else. And, 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 you know, I'm not necessarily saying that here, but a lot of people calling for that, it does call back to some of the issues where there just doesn't seem to be a recognition of the change that has taken place in the NFL and what it takes to field a championship level offense, especially at the quarterback position. That was my premise. And you'll hear more about why I go that route in the article. If you read it at nine 30, right? Morning. Yeah. So I, I do want to ask you questions. So let's talk about quarterback first. Because, yeah. you know, you kind of talk about organizational viewpoints and stuff like that, which goes beyond the quarterback position. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, Brian and I were the ones that had the story for us here at the Steel Curtain Network about how Kirk Cousins and Justin Fields, it just doesn't fit for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. So, what would have been a decision that would have appeased you and get, like satisfied your thirst for this type of player? Yeah, so... I think just the pursuit of it. Uh, I mean, to, well, who says who says they haven't? I yeah. I mean, I guess the the thought based on what we were what we were hearing from the source was that it's not on the table. Those options aren't on the table, you know. And so my we said feeling, we said it doesn't fit. <laughs> but 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 I would say it does fit because you've got a team here that you have said if you're Art Rooney, if you're Mike Tomlin that we believe we have a championship level roster. We just need quarterback play to take us to that next level. Yeah. And if you, if you're admitting that then to, then to come out and say, well, you know, Justin Fields and Kirk cousins, they aren't a fit for our team. That doesn't make sense to me. You're going to be able to work up cap space, however you want to. So, so you think like 40 million a year for Kirk cousins, that that can just, that can happen, that that can just, make it happen. Let's just based on my knowledge of, of how the NFL will work this year. 
uh, and how the NFL works, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be able to demand $40 million on the open market this year. And I don't think he's going to get paid that. He's coming off of an Achilles injury. He's going to be 36 years old. He, Yes, he was playing great football, but that's in a system he's been in for years now. And with arguably the best wide receiver in football and a head coach that literally designs his entire team building around offense. And so I just don't know if he's going to command the salary that he has commanded in previous years as a free agent or um, as a, as a franchise tag candidate. So that number one, I, I think is, is kind of the cost prohibitiveness, if you will, of Kirk Cousins, I don't think is where it would, would end up being. I think $30 million, maybe $35 million. And you can structure that however you want to gets him in the building, especially for a, a team that could say, Hey, you know what? Come here, Kirk. And get a shot at your Super Bowl that you really, really want. We've got the roster for it. We've got the weapons for it. We've got the the infrastructure in our organization of stability for it. Come here and win a championship. And then the other aspect of that is Justin Fields. When you when it comes down to it, this isn't going to be a first-round pick you're going to have to send over to him and it to the Bears for Justin Fields. This is going to be a two- at most, maybe a three, uh, maybe even a four, Jeff, by the time it's all said and done. There's when no the tra- way the Bears are going to take a four for Justin a, a, Fields. A that, four. Is, that is a bunch <laughs> of malarkey. You know a, that. They're not no, taking a four. A four and a future something? No. Yeah, absolutely. They'll keep that, them on their roster if they have to. I don't think they would because then they, they lose all bargaining power in anything down the road because if they don't pick up the fifth year option on him he's just going to hit free agency and then you lose out on anything so it's something better than nothing for a guy that you're absolutely moving on from absolutely now they're going to bet on a bidding war to start right Uh, between teams like the falcons and the raiders and uh, guys teams that are in quarterback purgatory much like the steelers Mm -hmm. and my entire argument here is that you, you can't just eliminate that off the table when you believe that you are a quarterback away from contending for a championship as we've been hearing from the team. Yeah. So I, words matter. And and the way you're spinning what, like we said is interesting. So okay. with, with uh, Kirk cousins, let's go back to him for a second. You talked about the cost of Kirk cousins. So I just want to bring up a name and now this person was not coming off an injury and he's not a quarterback, but you know mm-hmm. how quarterback hungry teams are in the national football league. They will hell look at what Deshaun Watson got in Cleveland. Like that's a perfect yeah. example. A guy that hadn't played in the league gets that much money, that much guaranteed a guy named Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. Remember when Christian Kirk got his deal. He got a four yeah. year, $72 million contract, $72 million. Christian Kirk. <laughs> he was at the Arizona Cardinals. And we were like, wait, Christian Kirk. Are you serious? Yeah. He had a $20 million signing bonus with 37 million guaranteed. Christian Kirk, you're telling me that just because Kirk Cousins is coming off of a ruptured Achilles tendon, that he's going to have to take like a hometown discount just to find a team? No way. You want to talk about a bidding war? I think the bidding war is going to be for Kirk Cousins. Justin Fields, I think that depending on what the Bears do with that fifth-year option, that's weighing on everyone's mind. I don't Hmm. care if you're Atlanta if you're the, the Raiders or any other team that might be in the bidding for, for Justin Fields, what the bears do with the fifth year option is going to be critical. 
it's going to be absolutely critical. Cause like you said, who's going to want to give up anything for a guy yeah. that is just going to be a free agent after a year. If it was one of those where, yeah, we'll throw you a late round pick and it'll be a one year flyer. We'll see if it works. That's one thing. But at the same time, if they sign that they pick up his fifth year option, you're on the hook for that year. And then he becomes a, it, it's just, that is a mess. Like that is literally the way that it's setting up for the bears. I mean, Hey, good for them. And bitch, by the way, do you think they're about to do business with Pittsburgh again? Yeah, that's that would be the, no the question. There. In There's hell no they way. want to do business with Pittsburgh again. <laughs> They're still burnt from Chase Claypool. Yes. Now, when you when you talk about Fields, though, um, it, the, the Bears don't have to make any decision about his fifth year option, and yeah. a, another team could. And so the the very the timeline of it could free you from that. And if you're if you're a team like the Atlanta Falcons and you're going to have some cap space, you might just sign him to a Jordan Love type deal where you're going to give him two years at 20 million APY just to say, Hey, you know what? If it works out great. And then if not, then, you know, you're not going to get all this guaranteed and we're going to move on from you after, after this year, and we're going to go pursue another quarterback option. So outside of the fifth year option, there are other ways to make this work too. And again, just based on, based on what I heard from you guys and from Dulac as well as they don't want to bring in a quarterback who would want to start. They want to give Kenny Pickett every chance to earn the, the starting job and, you know, and, and ride with him with support around him with somebody there to push him towards what he hopefully could be as your potential franchise quarterback. So based on that, that's where I got, this team isn't even looking at guys like fields and cousins who would, who would, come into Pittsburgh and say, I am the starting quarterback. Kenny, you're on hold until I'm done here in Pittsburgh proving whatever I can prove. Do you, let me ask you this question before I say anything else. Do you think the Steelers are a quarterback away? No, I do not. I do not what, think they're, then what are we talking about? <laughs> the, the fact that the organization says they are a quarterback away, but won't make a move won't consider a move for a quarterback that would put them in championship contention, according to them. Now, are they a quarterback away and a draft class and free agency class away? Yeah, they actually might be there. And, and so, you know, that all plays into it as well. But if I'm looking at this roster right now uh, with the free agents, they're, they're going to have to let go and uh, the, the roster that they have exactly right now. No, there's, there's some holes to fix. You got to find another playmaker on defense. You've got to fix a few spots up front. But can they do that in free agency in the draft? Absolutely. Even if they were to give up a second round pick for Justin Fields, I I would eat the shirt I'm wearing today if Justin Fields garners a first round pick from the from a team in in a trade with the Chicago Bears. And oh, so that is that is off first. the table. He's life. not getting a yeah. first. But there might be a team that says, I'll give you a second this year and a second next year. And that's too rich for the Steelers. Like you said, they need those picks. They need that future to be from the draft. But when you talk about like, so that's a trade opportunity. Yeah. When you talk about yeah. free agency, like Kirk Cousins, is, is he, even if he came to Pittsburgh, are they a Super Bowl contender? I don't think they are. And it only uh, gets I, worse from, you think they I are? Do, I do think they are because of the level of play he can, he can, he can get to. 
and I've seen offense... Kirk Cousins suck it up a lot, and I've seen Just Fields suck it up a lot, and so people yeah. have kind of painted this picture of these quarterbacks that they're like these perfect things, like they're they're the second coming of Peyton Manning. And <laughs> while Kirk Cousins is better than Justin Fields, he's not yeah. that. So when you look at the free agent options, you have Kirk Cousins, Tannehill, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Drew Drew Locke, Baker Mayfield is probably going to stay in Tampa Bay. Uh, Gardner Minshew, Teddy Bridgewater. I could keep going, but you understand where it's only going to get worse yeah. from here. None of yeah. those guys are going to come in and be guaranteed the number one outside of maybe Kirk Cousins, and I don't think it fits them from a financial standpoint, mm -hmm. not with Cam Hayward's contract the way that it is. Allen Robinson still hasn't been dealt with. You may say that Kirk Cousins comes in and can, be, can win him a Super Bowl. I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. Yeah, I'm higher on Kirk Cousins than the consensus, I would say, um, across non-Vikings fans, right. you know, and, and maybe even some of the national pundits that have him. I, I think I view Kirk Cousins as a top six or seven quarterback in this league. I mean, if you look at the narrative is that he can't win the big game. I mean, what around him has put him in a position where he alone could could do that. And what I'm saying is that the Steelers have a team and a defense specifically unlike anything he's ever had. And so if he comes to Pittsburgh and you and you add all these things into it, the the floor raising that he does to the offense plus the ceiling that he provides is enough to where you are now in the elite of the AFC conversation and that puts you in Super Bowl championship realm. All you got to do, and that's easier said than done. I say all you got to do, you've got to beat out the Chiefs. You've got to beat out the guys in your division. And Mike Tomlin has already proven he can win his division. He can beat the teams in his division. That is that is not up for debate, in my opinion. So what are you doing by bringing in Kirk Cousins? If you can make it work financially, you've got the draft picks then to handle the starting positions that you're going to need on the offensive line. And then you can make it work with some some mid-tier free agents that uh, you're not going to have to spend a whole bunch of money on and, and bring in a guy. And now you're set for two years where you're going to be able to pursue a championship while your guys like Cam Hayward are still at least fairly productive. And a guy like TJ Watt is still in his prime. Yeah. It, it, there, there's no easy way around this, but for me, I, I look at it and say, if you're going to, if you pay Kirk cousins, even 20 a year, you now are going to, you can't go out and get a good cornerback in free agency and they desperately need one. You can't go out and beef up the defensive front or add a veteran on the offensive line. You can't do that now. And so now everything's based in the draft and we know the Steelers do not like to start rookies right away. And I don't think that that is going to equate in success. I think that this is a team that, Hey, you got one more year. And I think in a perfect world. And yes, our source did say that they are, they want Mason Rudolph back because yeah. if they're going to have an honest competition, it, it comes down to how you evaluate Mason Rudolph. Mm -hmm. Some people see him as a placeholder. He's not going to win you a Super Bowl. Some people say, hey, this guy's never nice. really gotten a fair shake since 2019 anyways, so let's see what he can do. I think that if they bring back Mason Rudolph, then at least we are going to see a competition. It's not going to be a, hey, this is your job, Kenny. Go and see what we can do. It's If Mason's better, Mason's going to play, and they've proven that already at the end of last year. Go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, and, and to kind of piggyback, on my my premise from the article that this is a um, philosophical problem inside the organization, you mentioned they don't start draft picks right away. Well, maybe you should. If if you got if 
what you need to do is go get the quarterback and figure that out. And then you're not going to be able to sign a bunch of free agents. So you need to start your draft picks, start your draft picks, put, put them in place to play and let them do that. And so to me, it's like when you're building a team, especially on offense in the league right now, you can't do it the way you did it even 10 years ago. It's, it's not going to work out. And I think there's plenty of evidence towards that. So if you're going to make the big splash, then you're going to have to adjust some things. And I think the fact that you are unwilling to make the big splash it, from, from what I gather, maybe reading between the lines a little bit, but that's what I gather from the information I'm receiving um, that you're unwilling to do. So that is my, my argument for the philosophy. Yeah. And it, it's tough for me to agree with the rookie thing. When you see these rookies, Joey Porter, Jr., Keanu Benton, Broderick Jones, all of them saying at the end of the year, in hindsight, I'm really glad they did what they did because it's a long season. I don't think I was ready for all that. So it's interesting. It's an interesting take yeah. and it's, it's a valuable one and it's a good conversation. I'm glad we got to have it. But uh, Jeremy, are you back on the Q and a this week? I am. I'll be uh, doing the Q and a Sunday night and uh, okay. have yet to figure out a guest, but we'll, we'll have one on the show and you can read that article. I also just came out with an article. Um, I think maybe Tuesday or, or Wednesday, last week of this week well your seven round mock draft did oh, really oh, well was, that was on yeah. thursday yeah you're right uh step mock draft check that out check out the steelers fix and check out the draft shows we're doing on the ffsn nfl feed we've got those coming up as well absolutely jeremy thanks for your time man i appreciate the conversation we'll talk next week absolutely have a good one see you all right steeler fans a big thanks to jeremy as always for joining me every friday taking the time i do appreciate it he's doing some good work for us on a lot of different months for fans for sports network and the steel curtain network let's finish this up with a heart to heart like you always do every friday so i gotta be honest right now is is a tough time to be a pittsburgh fan and, and that's something that i am that not everyone listens to this show is people will say oh jeff you're a steeler fan i always come back with actually i'm a, I'm a pittsburgh fan what do you mean you're a Pittsburgh fan? Well, I like the Penguins, I like the Pirates, and I like the Steelers. And right now, like the Pittsburgh Penguins, we all had these moments of clarity with Yarmer Yager's number being retired and lifted up into the rafters alongside Mario Lemieux's 66. And we thought back to the early 90s, and I tweeted this out and said, man, I realized something. I was spoiled as a kid growing up because I got to see the Penguins win two cups, the early 90s Pirates were really, really good, and they should have won a World Series, at least a pennant. And I got to see the, the building of something really cool with Bill Cowher at the helm with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He didn't win one, but they were really, really good and competitive at times in the mid-90s. And I had a lot of people chime in and say, well, I grew up in the 70s, and that was even crazier. Yeah, I bet it was. They were winning world championships in baseball and in football, but at the time, the hockey team wasn't that good. It's rare that all three teams are really good. But right now, the Penguins are bad. The Steelers' future is uncertain. We'll put it that way. And I, I find myself looking at the Pirates and being excited for baseball season. Lord, help me. I'm looking forward to the Pittsburgh Pirates season. Goodness gracious, it's difficult. There are times it's difficult. But, I mean, right now with the Steelers, like I said, it's it's kind of uncertain, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of fans that are just really tough to, to just, there's always so doom and gloom down in the dumps, never going to happen. This team's awful until they make some major changes. And that can be, that can be tough. That can be tough. So I am kind of looking forward to baseball though. I'm not going to lie. New season, new hope. 
We'll see what happens. All right, that does it for me on Monday. I'll have a Monday morning conversation. Looking forward to that. I hope you are too. In the meantime, have a great weekend. You know how we finished out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. We'll see you.